Welcome to Fandom Fighters, Episode 1, a podcast discussing internet fandom's biggest scandals and weirdest stories. I am Fern, and I am joined here with my friend Toby. That's me. I'm so ready for this. I'm so excited. Um, Alright, Toby, what is your experience? Do you have any experience with fandom? No, I, I know loosely that people, like, get into fandoms. And I see them, like, especially on TikTok nowadays. <laughs> yeah. I never got into them myself. It was like, I was always the like the outsider, even in outside stuff, like all the nerd hobbies. I was just like, I don't care. You guys do your own thing. I'm just going to enjoy it on my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, some would say that's maybe for the best. Um, I, I've been kind of similar, but I've been a little more involved. Um. I first interacted with internet fandom when I was like 10 with Harry Potter. Uh, I think most people our age, like the older millennials, Uh would have that same experience. Uh, And we'll talk about that a little later, too. I'm having a weird flashback. I think I was involved in fandom stuff one time in like a Naruto RP (laughs) message board. (laughs) I'm like, wait, was that fandoms? Yeah, that was fandom. Yep. But I I was only, I I submitted my character to it, and then I died. Like, the first (laughs) day I was there, it's like, just like, yeah, your character's dead now, so you can't really do anything. Get the submit and do it. I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave. And that was your fandom history over. That that was it. (laughs) They essentially killed your fandom. Yeah, it was, it was immediate. And I was like, this isn't for me. I'm, I, this is too high paced for me to up with i was just trying to vibe in the leak village or whatever that's hilarious yeah i was i think i was a part of an inuyasha rp in like middle school but i i really don't remember uh yeah so so in middle school it was like the kingdom hearts and the inuyasha the fanfiction.net uh and then the tumblr era took Uh hold of the fandom um i'm familiar with tumblr before it got censored were you on like the cool side of tumblr though i know the... i only every once in a while i would do very specific searches on tumblr that i don't want to talk about <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> okay no that counts as the cool side of tumblr okay all right cool. uh, i was I'm on cool. yeah i was on the dork side of tumblr the like mm-hmm. super who locks if you're familiar with that i i do know that term yeah I, I avoided being a super hulock because I did not like Supernatural, but I definitely was into, like, the Doctor Who and the Sherlock, Lord of the Rings, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm a little familiar with super hulock. I, uh, I've seen memes about it, and it's always, <laughs> it's not, like, disparaging, but it's always, like, uh, this is the fandom, it's, like, everybody, everybody loves these, and it's, like, the entry-level point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it was a little unavoidable back in the day. It's definitely died down, uh, but there, there's still some super hulocks out there. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure. yeah. Um, so now I feel like TikTok and Twitter have taken over fandom mostly, and Discord. So I am right now involved a little bit in book Twitter, and like, well, when we could go to conventions, uh, Cyrus and I worked at conventions stuff like that. Again, I've I've mostly been on the outside of fandom, but a little closer than you uh-huh, were. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you dealt with them in person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our first podcast episode has to do 
with early, early internet fandom, Harry Potter fan fiction. Um, this story will relate to our next two episodes a little bit too, so it'll give us a little bit of basis to understand the next two episodes. And today's topic is Cassandra Clare. Uh, I am going to trigger warning this podcast just to be safe for mentions of fictional incest. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I saw that in the notes. And I was like, I don't know where this is. I mean, I know where it's going because I'm a vague awareness of what f- like fan fiction usually is, right? I get, I know <laughs> like rule 34. Yeah. It, it's the same, same thing. Um, oh, when, when did this start happening? Like the uh, this whole thing we're going to talk about was it? You said early internet. Are we? Yes. Okay. So to set the scene, this is 1999. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter the books, like three of them, I think were out. Maybe two. Yeah, because the Goblet of Fire was 2000. Yeah. I remember that. Okay. You're right. Specifically. That's the only thing I remember from the book. Besides, there's a goblet and <laughs> and there's uh, some fire and there's some fire. And, the year uh, it comes it, out, it gets really sad. <laughs> it's like yeah. all the other books are like kind of sad, and then it's like, hey, this is here's just be an adult now, child. Here yeah. you go. Shit really hits the fan for all those kids in that book. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. I believe the first movie was out. Yeah, yeah. And it had like just come out. And this was also the time where the internet was, you know, everybody had internet access pretty much now. Yeah. Uh, and f- it, was, it wasn't fast internet, but they, they yeah, had it. It was not good internet, but we could, we, we were starting to socialize on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the rise, really. The f- I would say one of the first big internet fandoms was probably Harry Potter. And so this all started taking place on a Harry Potter for grown-ups Yahoo group. But let me have you read from okay. this fan fiction first. All right. Um, uh, what? Yeah, I, I noticed I was like, there's a part that looked like it's underlined. And it's, it's a good part because it's the phrasing in it. Yeah, but if you want to just pick a part and read it, that's totally fine. Uh, let me, I, I only read the last part because it looked like it was underlined. But it, it looks like... Uh, the the author is not totally aware with how Snape is like <laughs> just just knowing Harry Potter Snape says something enthusiastically which I don't think is physically possible <laughs> yeah yeah that's a hot topic in in the Harry Potter fandom is uh, characterization so I I guess I'm just gonna read the line that is underlined it's the very last line of this and it's so it, I think it just gets my understanding of fan fiction where it's like all just even if it's not super horny it's all just a little horny (laughs) yeah absolutely well the last line of this says here said draco thrusting the cup at harry who looked at him with loathing well i haven't poisoned it potter drink it he said and that's just like that's just a line that why would you say he he didn't need to thrust it (laughs) oh but he did and you know he did thrust it this isn't even a harry draco fan fiction oh my god I, I have no idea because it, <laughs> it just says chapter on the apologies potion, so I have no idea what actually happened. It's we're on page three of two hundred and seven in this fanfic. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a novel length fanfiction. Yeah. It is the first of a trilogy of novel length fanfictions. That's what blows my mind because I want to sit down and be like a creative writer. We have another podcast. We're working on a D and D podcast, and I've uh. 
universally been told I'm a very creative and imaginative person and that I should sit down and write. And the second people tell me that, I don't do it. Because, like, <laughs> I'm already getting the serotonin. You already gave it to yeah, me. I don't need yeah. to sit down and write. <laughs> That's the smart way to do it. Yeah, it's... I just get it just by being an orator. It's it's so much easier than sitting down and thinking about things. Oh, yeah. To be able to sit... Because the same person worked on this one. Is this just like a solo project for this fanfiction, do you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they wrote three books. Uh-huh. This is like... Fifty Shades of Grey is just like a fanfiction, right? It would start yes. out as a Twilight fanfiction? Okay. Yes. So somebody could have made Fifty Shades of Harry Potter this fanfiction they were working on. Like three of them. And it's funny you say that. Because we will kind of get into something like that. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So this was written by Cassandra Clare. Uh, does that name ring a bell? No, I don't. I, I actually don't know. Excellent. The, the subtitle you have for this part is Cassandra Clare, the Kevin Bacon of Internet Culture. Yes, I came up with that because I feel like, you know how they say you can connect like anyone in Hollywood to Kevin Bacon? Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like you could connect anyone in like fan culture somehow to Cassandra Clare in like four steps or less. Okay, okay. Like anything I... related to any kind of fan stuff, you she is involved somehow. Wild. That's it's so interesting to see like only high hopes that nothing terrible happens with Cassandra Clare so far. <laughs> oh boy. Well you are in for a ride. I'm really glad that you didn't recognize her name because that's gonna make this so much more fun. So Cassandra Clare was a fan fiction author, a a super fan. She became known as a, a big name fan or a BNF, which is a, a big term fandom it just means like an influential person yeah yeah i get i think i remember hearing that before um ages ago i don't remember what it was in reference to but a big name fan just sounds familiar yeah yeah it's that's a very prevalent term so she was a part of harry potter for grown-ups yahoo club which was founded in 1999 lots of big name fans came from the harry potter for grown-ups club so then a lot of those people went on to found the website Fiction Alley in 2001, and that's an archive for Harry Potter fanfiction. And a chapter of one of those uh, Draco fanfictions that Cassandra Clare wrote was one of the first things, maybe even the first thing posted on Fiction Alley ever. Um, that trilogy was her probably her most notable work. She also had a Lord of the Rings fanfiction that got pretty big. Oh, okay. Uh yeah, but this this Draco trilogy like influenced the fan interpretation of Draco Malfoy and maybe even other characters, but definitely Draco. Uh, she wrote him as like misunderstood and sexy and she would tag I don't know if she would tag, but she definitely coined this term Draco in leather pants. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think, because is that supposed to be because leather pants are like cool? Like bad boys wear leather pants? I think so. And I think in one of the fan fiction, she literally has him in leather pants. Okay. I, want, I wonder how much this specifically might have like trickled back and influenced J.K. Rowling. Like, <laughs> right? It's, it's such a weird thing because it's like, this, this is starting when the third, the fourth book was not out yet. Right. 
No, no, no. They help, they started Fiction Island in 2001, so the fifth fifth book would be out, I think. Well, I mean, I need to get my timeline up so I know this. No, it's not even out yet. 2003 is the fifth book, The Order of the Phoenix. And that was that book was when he started to become a little more sympathetic. That's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I she, you know, uh, you can't just ignore the public's opinion of things as much as you want to. We know now, especially J.K. Rowling cannot uh, <laughs> fuck uh, off. Yeah, you still got to be involved in everything you uh-huh. people want her to be. And she definitely knew a lot about her fans. Like she, I think she knew about like popular fan theories there's this one fan theory that gained notoriety because uh so crazy but also the people like were so thoroughly to it and researched it so hard and it was that ron was dumbledore from the past or like ron was going to time travel into the future and become dumbledore wild yeah. It's absolutely wild. And so she had to make a statement and, like, debunk that. Huh. And she was like, you guys are so creative, but no. <laughs> I could see it happening, I guess. I, <laughs> yeah. Just, just the, looking back at all of the books, be like, I don't think she really had a, a big plan. <laughs> right. <laughs> that. Like, maybe they figured it out, and she was so mad that they figured out her. Yeah. Her giant plot twist that she changed the books. Yeah, you got it. You know, I maybe, maybe. <laughs> you can only speculate now. Uh, but going back to Draco and leather pants briefly, uh, we won't stick on that for too long because it's not really an image I want in my head for too long. No, 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 no. I never really understood the Draco Malfoy love, but it was huge. This referred, this started to be a term used uh, on fan fictions that had sympathetic portrayals of draco and like bad boy sexy portrayals of draco and now Mm. it's the term used for that specific trope when a villain character is turned into like a little cinnamon roll and people are obsessed with them uh if you go on tvtropes.com did uh draco and leather pants yeah yep that just does that comes up absolutely yep this aimed fandom. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've seen this a lot. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the pictures literally of Sephiroth and Canon, and then <laughs> everybody loves Sephiroth outside. It's like, you you didn't, I never played Final Fantasy VII, but even I know Sephiroth was all fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, and yet every, I mean, I do love Sephiroth. <laughs> but no, he definitely is not a, a sympathetic character. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, Probably so she, the the furthest from a sympathetic character, but yeah, but he's sexy. Come on, <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, yep. So yeah, that's that's prevalent, and that was one of the first instances of this type of thing happening with this type of character, uh, at least on the internet. Uh huh. Um, so she also did write some Harry Draco fiction, which was huge. This was the and probably still is. The biggest ship in Harry Potter. I mean, I, I also wrote Draco Harry slash fic. And then, then the next bit, this is where we get into the trigger stuff. Yes, right? yes. Okay. She... I've, I think I've heard of Mortal Instruments. Okay. And I remember that, that dark corner of my mind. is like, 
somebody told me about moral instruments is like no you you can't do that (laughs) you're not allowed to do that and you know you may be thinking of something else but we'll get to that okay um so that was her ron Ginny incest fic it was explicit uh and it it was very controversial um still is obviously yeah i mean it doesn't just stop being yeah um and that's a that's a huge topic that will have a lot of repercussions and it's gonna come back a Mm -hmm. lot in our next like two episodes maybe even three she also participated in a lot of like flame wars within the fandom a lot of shipping wars um and what they used to call wanks which is what we call like discourse now but back in the day <clears throat> yeah it, it was a different it was more wild west i i remember flame wars that you know you have good fun every both sides just hates each other and it, yeah that's the end of it <laughs> it was a lot more light-hearted back then i feel yeah. like but it wasn't about such controversial topics i mean sometimes it was it was an age where the most people on the internet knew that like nobody was being honest. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. everybody's like everybody was in on it, and then more average folks started using it, and everybody's like, "I don't get where the jokes are coming from." And it's it would just be like memes. Yeah. And people wouldn't get it because they didn't have the the cultural infrastructure to understand the meme. Nowadays, right. it's like a new meme every day. But back then, it's like, oh, you weren't here when this is formed. You have no idea what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's exactly. no way. Uh, and I think it's really interesting how the fandom language has changed. And I, I also think it's really interesting that since Harry Potter was so influential back then, a lot of the slang terms, or at least this one, are like British terms. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people in the Harry Potter fandom, and then fandom culture at large, sort of adopted these like British speaking and writing mannerisms. And I think that's so funny. You, you do see a lot of, especially Doctor Who, like the, the equivalent to being like a, a, a British weeaboo. I think I've heard the term <laughs> teaboo passed around. Yes. And that, I think that's what I think of when I think of like uh, Doctor Who, like super fans. It's like the, the supreme love for a place that you haven't been. And it's only only the positive portrayals of it uh-huh. in, in media. It's It's nuts. They'd be like, I'm drinking tea and watching Sherlock and Yeah, yeah, Sherlock, yeah. I couldn't even I I remember I never watched it. I just remember Benedict Cumberbatch with Sherlock and everybody loved it. I was like I I was obsessed with Sherlock back in the day and Cyrus and I went back and watched it this year and uh-huh. we were like, Oh my god, this is not as good as we thought it was. <laughs> this is bad actually. The recaps I always heard of was like, Wow, that doesn't sound entertaining. <laughs> that just sounds yeah. like kinda goofy. I think a lot of it really came down to people being into Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. Um and we'll we'll most definitely have a future episode about Sherlock, because there's some yeah. stuff that went down. Um, but back to Cassandra Clare. We haven't even gotten to the crazy stuff. We've we covered the... even. Oh my uh, god. It gets even wilder. So she became embroiled in numerous controversies from like 2001 to 2006, Fans started noticing similarities between her fanfiction and, like, TV shows and old books. 
she had like whole paragraphs or entire jokes like scenes lifted from these books and shows Oof. yeah that's there were arguments about whether these were references or plagiarism because as you'll see on that uh fan fiction i sent you she does at the top no i cut it out never uh -huh. mind <laughs> at the top of her okay. chapters she has disclaimers that say you know, I I took some things from this show that I liked or this book that I liked, and she credits them. But a lot of people were noticing that she didn't really properly credit. Sometimes she wouldn't at all for certain things. It was just a little iffy. If she were, like, legit and credited them all, like, hey, I'm just, I literally just want to put right. this scene into the... I get that. I I. Coming up with like scenes for in our Dungeons and Dragons stuff, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff where I recall a similar thing happening, but okay, I can present it in this way. Um, and most of the time, it's it it goes missed because <laughs> all my jokes are only funny to me. But yeah, I, I get it. I just don't I don't know why they wouldn't just take the time. They wrote three books. Why why couldn't they just make the, take the time and make it work better? <laughs> I mean, you could argue like it's fan fiction. All of it is basically plagiarized uh but it's it's the fact that she was lifting things and playing them off as her own yeah uh and doing it a lot uh so in 2001 she was banned from fanfiction.net for plagiarism and this was huge <laughs> that's, that's that is that's like i laugh <laughs> but it, it's nuts that this is a time when people are not really yeah. getting banned from stuff. Unless it is for serious, like, things. Nowadays, you, the people that do terrible shit aren't getting banned half the time. Uh -huh. and, and people that are doing completely unrelated things get banned. Yep. It, it's especially coming from, a, like, a Twitch streaming uh, background. It's, it's nuts to watch the things people get banned for sometimes now. Absolutely. Saying simp. Yeah. It, <laughs> And a lot of it is nowadays automated, so it's not even like it's not even accurate. It, yeah. It's just you get enough people reporting, and it's like Twitch specifically will just shut off a channel if like enough people report it in a in a certain span of time. Yeah, and, back then it was all moderators, yeah, banning people, and these moderators were fans themselves. Uh, so this was this had a a giant effect on at least the Harry Potter fandom. Uh, a lot of her other big name fan friends left fanfiction.net completely, boycotted it, and took all of their fanfiction to their own websites. Is I, is this where Archive of Her Own starts to exist? That didn't start to exist until I think the later 2000s, like the 2010s. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I know vaguely of that one too, because somebody, somebody's linked me to something they wrote, and I was like, oh, is this? Oh, because it's got the characters in it. And it was a nice little thing that they'd written up. It's not really my my deal. It was one of those like romantic ish fan fictions, mm -hmm. but it had a character in it that I liked, and that's why they had sent it to me. I was like, oh, well, thank you for thinking of me. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, archive of our own is actually like awesome. Uh, I I it's all fan run, I believe. Uh, and the, their tagging system is like revolutionary. Uh -huh. They've won a Hugo Award. Really? Oh, good yeah. for them. Good yeah. For them. So definitely a, a good highlight of 
fandom culture. It is unfortunately like an <laughs> art form to yeah. just write, write three books because you like the characters. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. it's half of the Cthulhu mythos, uh, besides being written by the world's most racist author. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like a lot of people that were just like, hey, I like this guy's stuff. But I'm going to do it my way. And yeah. a lot of the stuff that is in the Cthulhu stuff, the Cthulhu mythos that isn't H.P. Lovecraft is really good. And you read yes. H.P. Lovecraft stuff, and he's scared of people that are, he's scared of Italians, basically. Like, right. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so bad. But yeah, that's, that's, that's especially that, frustrating with like that genre of horror. It's like, God, everything goes back to Lovecraft. Yeah, it's there were some guy had a good sense of instilling dread but he never delivered because he's like i don't want to describe the monster i can't think of anything <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just a spooky color these uh scary people <laughs> yeah these these fish people these others i get you okay <laughs> uh so after she was banned uh she had a couple other scandals uh there's something called Laptop Gate, which we're not going to get into this episode because it has more to do with our next episode. Uh, but just know that that was a thing. Um, there was an expose written about her and her plagiarism in 2006, uh, and you can still find it on the internet. But most of the most of the discourse was deleted by community mods. Um, a lot of them were her friends. And I think some of them were accused of plagiarism themselves. So it gets iffy and, and nobody's really sure about how some stuff went down. Um, a lot of like articles written about her and this topic and a, a lot of the other members of the fandom will deny all of the toxicity. Uh, but then if you, like, look down in the comments, or you go on, like, Tumblr from, like, smaller blogs, uh, people will go on huge rants about how toxic Cassandra Clare is. And, okay, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So it's, I feel like as an outsider, it's impossible to tell. I mean, unless you experience it yourself, you can't really, like, it's always words against words. It, yeah. It's never... You can't take it all at like at face value. It's everything from both sides. You have to take with a grain of salt in these. Unless they have like public uh, meltdowns, like I know some of these probably will. Right, definitely. Um, so there's also rumors of her bullying and doxing a, a preteen in the fandom. Uh, but this was proven false. That person is um still pretty influential on social media. Um, and they spoke up years later and said that they just helped create that fanfiction archive, and Cassandra Clare just spoke with their mom to make sure that it was okay that they were going through this, like, legal process to mm, create okay. a, a website, basically. Yeah. Uh, so that was not true. Um, however, there are rumors of... Uh, bullying and her sending all of her like followers to bully people who disagreed with her because again she was like the i cannot stress enough how much of like a queen she was to the people in the harry potter fandom people would would like fight over her and try really hard to be her friend 
there was like an inner circle it was literally called that of big name fan fiction authors okay so this is kind of like the um the parasocial relationships that we, we see a lot now in um like youtuber super fans right this is where yeah. people e- even if it, even if she's taking advantage of it it's still like a, a parasocial relationship where it, it's this assumed relationship between the, the fans of the fan yeah the you, fans you it, can definitely say that yeah okay uh it was a little more close-knit than stuff nowadays because i i feel like everybody in the harry potter fandom who was active kind of knew each other uh but there was definitely like a power imbalance aspect wild it's i mean i get it i i understand why any group is gonna have these power struggles even groups of people writing uh children's fan fiction that's definitely not for children yep uh like I just keep this line just says the mortal instruments. <laughs> it's the next thing. More of that the the story, the Ron and his sister fucking ups. I hate it. Yeah. Hopefully they don't hopefully the dogs don't get picked up too much, but we'll work that out in editing. Okay. <laughs> Where were we were talking about We were talking about incest. <laughs> yeah, oh wonderful. Yeah. Um so Cassandra Clare was a big Harry and Hermione shipper. Uh, And this was before the last few books came out. So nobody knew that in canon, Harry ends up with Ginny, Ron ends up with Hermione. So there were huge debates about who ended up with who. Yeah. Uh, And Cassandra Clare hated uh, Harry and Ginny. She hated that ship. Uh, And she didn't seem to like Ron as a character either. So a lot of people speculated that she wrote this Ron and Ginny fanfiction to express her hatred of Ron and and those characters. Um, but I also read a quote from her where she said she was writing this for a friend that requested it and that she had always been fascinated with the concept of incest as like a literary device. I, you know... I understand that, unfortunately. <laughs> I get it. I don't like it, but I, yeah. I, I get the thought process. I mean the the whole uh, the whole genre of gothic horror is known for having incest as a plot point. Even later on, Game of Thrones, it's pretty huge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, another thing I never got into. It's I just never really? like. I never got into. I never had a group of friends to watch it with, so I never. I was like, I don't really want to watch this by myself. I used to highly recommend it, but with that last season, I you know? uh, it's a waste to watch it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I wish I could have got the experience while it was good. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I, you can't just go back and be like, hey, you guys want to watch Game of Thrones? Everybody's like, no, please <laughs> yeah. don't. Yeah, that is unfortunate because it was really good for a while. But the the last season tainted the entire show. It's okay. I have the Expanse. It's like Game of Thrones in space. It, it I've been works wanting out. to watch that. Very good. I I highly recommend that one. Okay. So the Mortal Instruments was, like I said, an explicit Ron and Ginny fanfiction. Um, shortly after that, I think like maybe two years after that, she took all of her fanfiction down from the internet and. This was because she had a book deal. Oh no. 
she was getting published. Oof. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> so her first novel was uh, part, the first book in a trilogy. Uh, it was an urban fantasy called City of Bones. Oh, that's okay. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> you recognize that, right? I recognize that, I think. Uh-huh. Let me look it up. I need to see the uh, the images of this book. I believe this is something my ex read. I would not be surprised. I, yeah, I, very interesting names for books. I like the, the theming of calling it City of Bones. It's very cool. I'd go to a city that's made of bones. but Right. She has pretty cool titles. Yeah, the um, titles are nice. <laughs> um, so this was the first book in the Mortal Instruments series. If you'll remember, that was the name of her incest fanfiction. Yes, yeah. Which she then took and applied it to her book series. So this is just a Fifty Shades of Grey situation. Sort of. Now, that's a that's a hot take in in the fandom. Okay. Because she will say and her supporters will say that her books have nothing to do with her fanfiction. Uh, but other people say, I read both and they are strikingly similar. Uh-huh. Uh, the characters are just reflavored versions of Harry Potter characters. Uh, the two main characters, people say, are just Ginny and Draco Malfoy. It's hard to make new characters in mm-hmm. books since we've been like writing we just keep using the same archetypes over and over and over again yeah so i i can see both sides of this yeah but i mean if you name it the same thing and have the same dynamics <laughs> in the story right. then it's it's i would love to see side by side comparisons if people have the original fan fiction saved someplace because i know they do it, oh yeah any, anything like this nerds will save stuff i i've been that nerd myself there is a direct quote from her one of her fan fictions in uh, City of Bones. And it's it's just like a, a backstory detail, and of course the names are changed, but when people who had read her fanfiction read this line, they were like, oh my god, that's from the, the Draco trilogy. Yeah. It's so hard for me to get, like, I'm not, in all of these I'm never going to really take sides, because well, everything is crazy. Right. Um, and I'm just here for the ride <laughs> to yeah. see what the human interactions. Yes. This is like an anthropology study for for me. I get using cool lines over again. Because right. I, I sit and think of scenarios for, again, our D&D campaign. And it's like, the things almost never come up that I think of. When the practice one we're running, there's a robot character. And I was super excited for him and nobody talked to him. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> I had so much planned up for this guy. <laughs> like the only, you introduced yourself, your character, and then nobody else said anything to him. He just walked away. I was like, all yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that's always so disappointing. And I was like, man, he's he's super cool. He's got a great backstory. <laughs> all right, everybody's focusing on the, the chicken man, which you, you got to get in on uh, our Morning Woods Presents uh, D&D series. If you're not already listening to it. it's gonna be good come join us and the chicken man yeah but yeah i uh i am also fascinated with fandom culture fandom drama i'm just here for the the messiness you know it's it's the human nature it's like watching like 
anything crash. It, yeah. It's terrible, but you, you gotta stay and watch it. Yeah, and like the things, the lengths that people go to for these pieces of media that they love are just, it's, it's wild. It is, yeah. You know, I, there is a fandom that I guess I'm kind of part of. The more I keep thinking about it, I was like, I watched Unis Honest when it was coming out. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Markiplier and Ethan Frank Gameplays uh, limited run series that they did on YouTube. And it, I'm going to break the secrets right here, right now. It was a bunch of goofy-ass videos. And <laughs> there's only, like, minor theming that is going to end in a year. Um, but, like, the community that evolved around it was super cool. And I joined a Facebook group for it. Because I was like, you know what? I miss Unis Honest. I want to make jokes about it with people. I'm, I'm trying to become more social in my uh, <laughs> almost said twilight years but I'm only 30 but uh, I was like fuck it I'll join this group because I'm in like other shit posting groups on Facebook so yeah. I thought it was going to be the same I was like man all the people in this group are like high schoolers I'm getting out of here yeah, <laughs> this is not yeah. for me I've definitely is... had that experience as an older millennial on the internet where you get into something and then it's like especially because Cyrus and I are into like cartoons like steven mm -hmm. universe oh yeah yeah uh yeah there's a lot of children and young teens in the steven universe fandom it makes uh, sense and good yeah. for them I, yeah uh, and i want to appreciate keep the it, little fans yeah i want to i want to keep it so that you know children's media is appropriate and safe for children yeah uh when you're on like twitter where kids aren't supposed to be on there and you're talking about steven universe and then suddenly uh, somebody's like, I'm a minor. You're like, oh my god! Like I've I've accidentally followed yeah. like 13 year olds I, and then yeah. had to unfollow them. <laughs> I specifically like, especially in the Twitch streaming years, I always go and check to make sure people are old enough to be talking to. Yes. Like, I, <laughs> there's a couple young streamers out there, and good for them because you know it's a cool hobby and a good good uh, good honor for getting into something and actually putting like something out in the world. But uh, I don't want to interact <laughs> with yeah. you. Yeah. You're not. This is in my scene. Exactly. But we have to get back on track. Yes. We're coming up on our time. <laughs> uh, so they were sued. Yes. So, um, she took the eye out of her name. I'm, I'm reading the eye out of her last name to to trip people up. Yes. That's that's that? important. Um, she so she went by Cassandra Clare C L A I R E. Huh. Oh uh, yes, and on the on the city of bones, it's yep. clear without the eye. Okay. So she took that out. Some people are like, "Oh, she just took that out so that nobody could Google her and find out all of her controversies." Um, but her claim is that she took it out uh, because fan fiction, especially back then, was not regarded the way it is now. Uh, fan fiction authors were like crazy horny moms or you know just weird people and she didn't want her books associated with that and at the same time she wrote uh nc-17 rated fan fictions and she didn't want her young adult novel audience to stumble upon that um she got it hold on she had a tv show me yes that's nuts and that's a insane. movie in a movie yeah oh my god yeah so she's big in like the young adult shadow hunters okay yeah. i i've seen parts of this and i was like this isn't for me yes um not for me either i love i'm big on book twitter i mean i'm not big but i am very 
into book Twitter, uh, but uh, when it comes to the Shadowhunter stuff, I can't do it. Any urban fantasy really is not my thing. Uh, so the Shadowhunters thing is significant because she was sued by another author for copyright and trademark infringement. Uh, and she claimed that a bunch of the plot points and words and magical objects were taken from her series because she had a series about dark hunters. Uh-huh. I can see the similarities. From a phrasing standpoint, it would not have gone with dark hunters at all. I right. want I want to make that very clear. I don't think it's a good name <laughs> in the yeah. slightest, but I see uh, where things might have got crossed. Yeah, I think I think shadow hunters is definitely a much better term. So a lot of people will argue that these are just common tropes in the genre. This comes up a lot in in copyright and plagiarism lawsuits where mm-hmm. people see like a a trope that they had in their novel and they're like this person copied me and it's like we're all as artists kind of copying each other yeah I'm, you're not going to invent new ways of presenting characters not very often and not a lot of times when people do it it's it only works in their situation exactly uh but with cassandra clare there's the argument that she based her whole fan fiction career on uh plagiarism and that's how Mm -hmm. she got so big and that's how she got her book deal which was then based on her fan fiction that was just plagiarized so this she's skyrocketed to fame and fortune on the backs of other creators allegedly yeah and that's an important thing to say too and all of this is alleged unless unless there's like a a decision made by a judge everything on the podcast we talk about is an alleged thing (laughs) yes absolutely even looking back and seeing like screen captures sometimes those can be edited so you have to be very careful with that kind of thing especially like the older they get the less you can trust them Mm -hmm. yeah because a lot of these uh i was looking at uh the fan lore wiki shout out to them they have archived a lot of of screenshots of websites and comment sections but you do have to question the legitimacy of things you see on the internet obviously um and you're never gonna know the whole story yeah Uh, But with that being said, the copyright suit was dropped in 2016, uh, and then Cassandra Clare settled the trademark part of the suit in 2018. Um, And that just had to do with the Dark Hunters trademark, I think. Uh So she won, and then she, well, she didn't win. It was dropped, and then she settled. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, (laughs) it's a lot to take in. this has been a while. We're not even done. We like we're done with Cassandra Clare, I think, right? Yes. Okay. Because she's she's doing her own thing now. She's girl boss and making Shadowhunters, which got canceled. Yeah, she's um, definitely a millionaire now. Oh she's yeah. She's still a huge name in book Twitter. A lot of people will recognize, if not the name Cassandra Clare, then City of Bones or the Mortal Instruments or Shadowhunters. The first Mortal Instruments I saw, I was like, I, I know that. I, yeah. I know that. I think I've looked at the books, like, in Walmart or something. I was like, wow, this does not look <laughs> for me at yeah. all. And she has a lot of books now. Uh, but it's funny because a lot of her huge fans nowadays have no idea about 
for Harry Potter beginnings. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, and I find that just fascinating. It's it's crazy. It, I mean, that you can say this about like a lot of authors. I'm sure like a lot of young authors get their start. I like I remember some of my first stories that I ever like wrote down were not obviously I was like a kid. I wasn't coming up with new characters because I didn't have the brain cells to do that. I was like writing stuff. I think like I remember trying to draw like a Kirby comic <laughs> in middle school, and I was like, "This is the coolest shit ever." I love Kirby. He sucks people up for their powers. This is not going to come back and haunt my uh, adulthood at all when I think back to the, the days where I spent, like, instead of doing anything productive, just very poorly drawing Kirby. Yeah. I've uh, issues with both my handwriting and drawing. Uh, so it was just really bad art and a story that made no sense. I think, honestly, if I if I could remember how it ended, I would, I would love to, but I'm pretty sure Kirby sucked up like a black hole <laughs> and it was like super depressing that's amazing I was, like, I was like a kid i was like why why did i do this i also wrote weirdly depressing stories as a kid products of uh our environments yeah. so we we have because i have no idea where to go after this <laughs> we have our outro which is uh a segment we're gonna call filler words yes and it's we're gonna read comments from did you have any of these aired or i don't do you have instagram i do have instagram okay. so i'm just gonna look up dr phil right yeah this is another passion of mine that uh i want to bring to light to a wider uh. audience of people because this is one of my like hobbies like a pastime of mine is just going to dr phil's instagram comments and reading them and um, you'll see uh, why <laughs> i i clicked on the first one looked interesting to me somebody's making a dr phil pancake <laughs> it was posted eight weeks ago and there's not a lot like a lot of crazy comments on this i'm not a, a huge like instagram user so i don't know it looks like there's only like a few comments actually but they are all uh it, it looks like steve harvey's the first one which is Somebody's blind. It doesn't look Steve Harvey at all. Um, and then there's somebody going, yes, daddy, yes, daddy, yes, daddy, yes, daddy, yes, daddy, five times. And then another person going, amazing daddy. Uh, a third and fourth person and a fifth person all saying daddy. And then somebody saying, I'm going to flip your taint. And I don't know oh what. Oh, my God. I don't know what that. How? I guess because you flip pancakes, but I don't. Yeah, th that's a stretch. That's a big stretch. Yeah. Um, but that that's just because I saw the pancake face. And I'm going to go to a different one. It says, says that it has 378 comments. How do I see? How does Instagram work? I don't understand this. You should be able to click where it says 368 comments. Are you on desktop or mobile? I am on desktop. Desktop can be a little finicky. Um, I can tell. This is insane. I, I was not ready for this at all mentally. <laughs> oh, I hit okay. I hit the plus. Now I, I see. No, people are saying Phil adopt me. The daddy thing is so creepy. No kidding. Uh, someone says hi, Doctor Phil. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm just giving a thumbs up. Put on your Monday face. <laughs> oh yeah, I see that one. Built like Baldy, but still daddy bass. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Most of the filler words are just gonna be daddy. <laughs> yep, that's a common theme. That's yep. It's. I'm going to start, uh, let's do Dr. Phil Daddy Watch. Yep, yep, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Daddy Phil. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Hold on, we got to come out with a 
We gotta do a better outro. <laughs> yeah. What are we gonna say? Uh, so that is it for Fandom Fighters Episode 1. Thank you for tuning in, and we are just getting started. Uh, our next episode will be about the infamous Miss Scribe. Oh my god. Miss Scribe like a... Miss Scribe. Okay. I think we'll get it. I'll, I'll figure out what that means in the next one. You will. You definitely will. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you for joining me uh, and, and being educated on fandom dramas. Well, I, I'm glad to learn because this has always been interesting. I've, I've always... I mean, I've had crushes on fandom girls. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> and I had no idea what they were talking about. So it's gonna help me out a lot in the future. Yeah, now you can um, be like, "Hey, girl, you heard a misscribe?" Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> and then hopefully it doesn't throw up a big red flag for <laughs> knowing <laughs> the deep lore. Um, I, I, when I post these, because I, I handle the production ends of this podcast, uh, an upcoming horror podcast with Francine, another person who's playing in our D&D podcast yes. called uh, Morningwood Productions Presents or Morningwood Presents. We haven't decided yet. Well, I'm going to put links to all that in the description for this one. Um, I, I'm working on our release agency. And uh, if you heard ads at the beginning and end of this, uh, consider when we do it in the future, subscribing to Patreon. Uh, we haven't got that set up at all because that's just too much work. Yeah, I've got. I went from doing no podcast to making three podcasts in like the space <laughs> of two weeks. So, um, also, if you heard music, it means I figured music stuff out. If you hear uh, nothing, I'm sorry, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. All right, thanks for having me, friend. Let's end this recording. <laughs>